What's up, guys? Mitch Pelkey back again with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today I'm joined with the legend, Deemer Class, starting MIDI for Chaos. How you doing, Deemer? Doing great, man. How are you? Good, man. Good, man. Are you in Baltimore right now or are you in California? I stayed out in California. It's hard to uh, leave this weather, but I've uh, been making the most of quarantine and working out and getting ready for the summer. There you go. You, you excited about the championship series? Yeah, I'm fired up. It's a great opportunity. You know, we're really excited about our team and couple off-season uh, off moves and, you know, nice draft pick. So um, we're pumped and, uh, you know, just trying to get ready, you know, three weeks. It's a lot lot of action packed into, uh, you know, a short time. So just got to gotta get after it. There you go. So I think we first met was it last summer at Net Return. First of all, sick camp. Just offensive guys, 20 guys, helmets and gloves, no defense. I mean, talk about reps. One of my favorite camps of all time, though, I got to say. Yeah, man, it was awesome having you there. It was, uh, it's a really fun thing. We've done, I want to say, four, maybe five um, of them. I think this summer is probably going to be pretty informal just because of uh, the pandemic. But uh, it's been super exciting to get, you know, a lot of top guys and guys that are just hungry to learn and get better and, you know, coach them up and learn from each other and, and compete. So, it's been really exciting to see and you know we really like the small group atmosphere and it's been awesome like you know even like yourself like staying in touch and you know seeing you you know go through your college career and you know kind of embark on a, you know some different endeavors so it, it's been really cool for me you know in terms of just building relationships as well yeah there we go well let's start from the beginning growing up in baltimore obvious hotbed for lacrosse you know how did you kind of get into the sport yeah, I started playing when I was six years old. You know, my parents, uh, believe it or not, did not play. Um, my grandfather actually played at City College and he played at uh, University of Maryland, but I think they might have been club when he was uh, when he was going through it. I'm not positive, but um, my both my my parents, you know, didn't touch a stick. And then, um, you know, I started playing when I was six. I went to St. James Academy out in Moncton and there was like a little camp where we had plastic sticks and everyone was like learning how to scoop ground balls and then all my friends from school just kept playing and you know we just kind of rode through a couple couple uh of my best friends dads were the coaches and just had fun with it and you know I really didn't start loving lacrosse until man probably like my junior year of high school like really? sophomore junior year like I I loved basketball like eighth ninth grade you know, football was always my favorite sport growing up, even though I didn't start playing organized until seventh grade. Um, you know, that was a good little boost for my lacrosse game as well. But, um, you know, it was uh, it was an exciting area to grow up in. A lot of amazing, you know, role models, guys to look up to, you know, Steel Stanwick, uh, you know, Ben Rubior. You know, I, I went to Loyola for high school, but there's you know, so many great players in the area and the history is really cool to be a part of. Yeah. So did you kind of grow up playing travel ball or was it all kind of recreational stuff? My dad went to Calvert Hall and he'd always talk about playing at like, like Lutherville middle school league or something, or like cocky yeah. rec or something. Yep. So, so uh, it was the MYLA, the Maryland youth lacrosse association. Okay. Um, and I, and I think, so I played for St. James Academy Rec, and the biggest thing was the Lack Splash Tournament at the end of the year. Like, that was the thing. And, like, 
the best part about that too was like we were like seven, eight years old. I think we won the B bracket in our second year of Tiger lacrosse. And Coach Bryant used to have this little like can of Coca-Cola that he wrapped paper around it. And it was, it was just said whoop ass. So right before the huddle of the game, he would open up a can of whoop ass and we would all get <laughs> fired up. And it was like That's the awesome. best thing ever. And like, and then I, you know, I played for Carol Manor rec. Um, in sixth grade, I switched over to LTRC, so that's Lutherville Timonium. Yeah, you know, wanted to play. Uh, you know, Double A was the big thing, and I actually, I think it was that year, I switched positions from lefty attack to midfield just to make the team because there was like three guys. One guy was a little older, um, and then played LTRC through middle school. Played a little bit of club ball for. Harford Renegades um, with George Parks, and then that transitioned into uh, to uh, Team Laxworld, and okay. then I kind of finished out my high school career with uh, Crabs. So, yeah. but it's the whole dynamic of you know youth lacrosse has changed in the area so much. You know, a lot of the rec programs are you know either non-existent now or um, you know just don't have as many players. So it's just so different. Yeah, I know that same around here. It's like you grew up playing youth ball and now there's like not even enough kids playing youth ball that they'll be able to have teams. It's like all travel ball now. Absolutely. It's crazy. So then you attended Loyola High School, like you said. You know, is that a hard decision for you with other powerhouses like Calvert Hall, what was Latin, McDonough around? Yeah, it was. Honestly, um, you know, recruiting wasn't as big of a thing um, when I was going through the process, but there was certainly like a – a feeling of hey like this kid goes to you know he's looking at these schools like you know we should get him here or there and I chose Loyola over Gilman uh Gilman St. Paul's and maybe one other uh I don't think I applied to Calvert Hall or Boys Latin um not not sure exactly why but those are the main schools I looked at and then you know just had a gut feeling uh with Loyola I had you know a lot of close friends that I played with in middle school a um, couple guys that I went to elementary school who had already switched over to Loyola. So it was an exciting place. And, you know, I remember like being in eighth grade about to make my decision and watching, you know, Steel Stanwick and Joe Cummings, um, you know, those guys like tear it up for back-to-back MIAA titles. And, you know, I really wanted to be a part of that. And, um, you know, similar feeling when I, you know, went off to college of making that decision, you know, based on the people and, you know, just my, my comfort level. So it was a, uh, it was an exciting choice. And and what was that first year at Loyola, like lacrosse wise for you? So lacrosse wise was solid, like nothing like too memorable, like made JV. We had a solid team, but what really sticks out about my freshman year. And I talk about this a lot, but it was the first time going in the freshman year where like my dad and I sat down and we set goals and we set academic goals, we set uh, goals for um, athletics, and it was, my goals were to make three JV sports, and to get, you know, straight A's, and, you know, all these things, and it was really exciting, because when going into what, you know, at, at that time, with the amount of sports participation, everyone was like, freshmen don't make varsity, freshmen barely make JV, and then a lot of people play on the freshman team, and I was like, 
okay, thanks for your input, but uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, yeah. and that was like, you know, hearing that and then going in there, being a new student, you know, making JV football and starting on JV football, starting at point guard on JV basketball. And then, um, you know, we, we basically played two even lines at midfield on, on lacrosse. It was like, that was super exciting. And that gave me like this taste in my mouth of like putting in the work, setting goals more than people tell you you can do or you, you you can you think in your own head and then achieving them and that was like this awesome feeling and then right back after that freshman year was same thing for football same thing for basketball but for varsity you know and I did that for football and started and and then uh you know played second line you know sophomore year of uh of high school at a uh, on the varsity at Loyola sweet so so did you play basketball football across for four years at Loyola? So, so what happened was, um, you know, I broke my wrist uh, sophomore year Turkey Bowl and it was gonna, it was gonna put me back like, I don't know, a month and a half, two months, uh, you know, and I, I, I didn't want to play JV again, but I think when I really think back at it, like my heart was not in basketball anymore. You know, I, I can't really put a finger as to why, but I know like three sports was getting a little tiresome and, you know, I wanted to like be able to spend time with my friends and kind of balance everything. You know, I was doing well in school, but, you know, just wanted to kind of enjoy that. So instead of like coming back from injury, like two months later and playing JV hoops, I just decided to put my time to preparing for lacrosse. Um, which turned out to be a great move for me. You had a good sophomore year and then a, a really good summer going into my junior year. Uh, I actually tried out for basketball again as a junior. You know, my mom was pushing me to do it and I made the team. Um, but it was, I know it was just going to be a lot of work to get to where I wanted to be. Um, you know, just being someone who's, you know, like high achieving and yeah. you, you don't want to suck at anything, right? So it's like, I didn't, I, I knew I wasn't going to be okay with just sitting on the bench and, um, and, but, and, and so it wasn't a choice of nodding, not doing it because I didn't want to put in the work, but because I had such big goals for my junior lacrosse season that I just felt like all the time that I was spending to get back to where I'd feel good about for basketball could be better spent, you know, towards competing and starting at lacrosse and, you know, dreams of being an All-American and things like that and winning a championship. So that's kind of where I focused my my basketball time, um, you know, for the rest of my high school career. Yeah. So you said you were a huge football guy. Would you say you liked football more, but you were better at lacrosse? Um, you know, honestly, I think – I think I was, yes, I, I would, I would agree with that. I was better at lacrosse or at least like maybe not better at the time, like production wise, but I think my trajectory and where I was like possibly projecting of going to school yeah. would have been a way bigger impact in college lacrosse wise um, than, you know, than football wise, you know, football, I actually had uh, some letters and some interests from some one double schools, you know, some Ivy leagues. Um, and I never pursued it. Like, that's one regret that I have is like, you know, agreeing to go to a couple of seven on sevens or some combines or just to like explore it. Um, 
and I just didn't. And I kind of just wish I did just, you know, to have a better, better idea. You never know what, what opportunities come knocking. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, my love, you know, I grew up with my grandfather, um, you know, him and I like, you know, picking every game, watching Sunday football in his den and, you know, knowing all the players, collecting football cards, like it was by far my favorite sport. And, um, you know, I, I definitely felt like I was better at lacrosse and could get a better education. And so I just kind of went that route, but then it like really blossomed into like this love and passion for it. Yeah. So you played wide receiver at Loyola, right? Yeah. Wide receiver and corner and return kicks. So I, I started both ways from sophomore through senior year. Who did you try to emulate your game like football wise when you were growing up? Uh, growing up, my favorite player was Marshall Falk, running back for the Rams. Like, he was yeah. a total beast. Um, I was always just, like, you know, loved all the receivers, loved all the running backs, like, loved Michael Vick. You know, I was a lefty. Um, so I just, you know, always had an interest in, like, being around the ball, you know, like Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, like those guys on defense um, were always guys that I just loved watching. And so, that was just for me, like, I love catching passes. I had a chance to, like, you know, reshift back to quarterback. Like, I had, like, a decent arm and, you know, probably could have done some more, like, option style stuff. But, um, again, I think I, um, you know, just didn't do it, you know, based on, like, spending the time competing for lacrosse. And I was already having a starting spot at the other positions. Um, but I don't regret it. I had a, a great football career and, and, and really enjoyed it. Yeah. So going back to lacrosse-wise, at Loyola, do you think you guys should have won one? Man, I mean, my senior year was our best chance to win it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, junior year, we had a really tough, like, first-round loss. Um, or actually – we might have missed the we might have missed the playoffs my my junior year, but we had a lot of like one or two goal losses, and then we flipped it back my senior year. I mean, we were playing a stacked Calvert Hall team. Yeah. I think we had like thirteen college commits on our team, and they might have had like twenty or like twenty two. You know, yeah. um, and like when I think about that game, like it was super painful, but like. It just like it just didn't go our way, you know. Like Stephen Kelly, you know, was dominant dominant at the faceoff X. You know, they got up to a five one lead early. We hit a couple pipes early in the game, and then we just couldn't, you know, recover back. And they just kept going and going. We lost seventeen to three. It was, you know, an awful loss. But but I like remember. Like, if you ask Coach Case, like, the very next day, like, that's who I was working with, like, yeah. right after the, the loss to them in the finals. Yeah. So then next year, when you graduate, that Loyola team beats that famous boys Latin team in the championship. Were you there for that game or no? No. So we were in the playoffs for Duke. Mm -hmm. But I remember, like, being at um, – I remember being in, I don't know if I was in Chapel Hill or just, you know, back at home at, at school, um, but like kind of following that game, watching it, seeing, seeing them win, like it was super exciting, you know, especially because a lot of those younger guys were guys that I played with and, you know, Ryan Conrad and Alex Rosner were two freshmen on varsity, um, you know, that we were tight with. 
and then they they had big impacts on that game. Um, and so that was just really cool for us to see them and Coach Crawford and Coach McFadden, you know, bring that title home the year after. So a little bittersweet, but we were just pumped for the guys. Yeah. So I was doing my research and, and saw your senior highlight tape on YouTube, and, and the song you went with was I'm a Boss by Rick Ross. What, what, you remember the mindset going into picking a song? Oh, my gosh, absolutely not. But I think that was, like, one of the ones where I was like, all right, like, I think this song is kind of going along with, like, probably how I was feeling playing at the time. <laughs> but, like, it's probably not what I would pick if I were to go back and do it again. Yeah. I think my junior year was, like, more, like, techno type of uh, yeah techno type of music. Like, uh, man, I, I can't remember the name. Uh, but like bring the noise or something like that. Uh, okay. But then, but then, yeah, I, I just went with it, you know. I like that. So, what what was the recruiting process like for you? Uh, my process was uh, was pretty simple in terms of like the laid out communication and the timeline. Um, you know, going into my junior year, there was I think kids that year were committing as early as May or June of rising junior year. So it was right before it really started trending earlier. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys were like the last class before everything started getting really early. Yeah, like like so like right when I committed in end of October of my junior year, I think like Mac Ponds committed like a week later to Maryland as a sophomore. Yeah. And, and so just like really, you know, sped up. Um, and so my process, I remember in July or August, you know, I got these, um, got these like notifications from my coach at Loyola, like, Hey, um, you know, what I've heard from, you know, Duke and Hopkins and Princeton that, uh, you know, these guys are interested in you and like, here's their number, give them a call. And I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> I remember being on vacation and I was just like, told my parents. And then I, I was like pacing in the room back and forth because I was so nervous about getting on the call. Like as I was growing up, like I was not a great, um, you know, public speaker or you know, hadn't really grown into like having some more self-confidence. Yeah. So, like, so like I'm like pacing the room back and forth. I called Coach Gabrielli at Duke. I think coach Petro didn't answer like the first time and then, you know, wait for a call back. And it was just like really, really nerve wracking. And then I went on like two visits in August unofficially uh, to Duke and Princeton. Uh, Hopkins might've been in August as well. Um, and then, you know, revisited those couple uh, in the fall, like September, October, um, also went out to Notre Dame. So that was like my final four of schools. Um, you know, Duke being the only ACC school to recruit me, um, really loved Princeton. Notre Dame was really exciting and Hopkins was awesome, obviously, because I grew up going to all the games. So yeah. it was a cool, you know, cool mix of schools, um, you know, had a good academic profile. So, um, you know, all those all those universities like fit in terms of what, you know, I was looking for academically and, and uh, you know, alumni. And, you know, just again, going back, like I mentioned it before, like the feeling of, uh, you know, choosing a high school, you know, where I felt like really at home and loved the, the mission of the guys who were, you know, on the team as well as, uh, you know, the coaching staff and support group 
you know, Duke really just felt like this right fit. And I couldn't put a finger on it, you know, as to why um, exactly. But it just felt like the place for me. And I knew it was going to be tough. You know, I, I knew I was good in high school, but, you know, there was a lot of offensive middies, for example, that went to Duke and played defensive midi, you know, like right away. And like, I was like, well, you know what, like, I'm going to try and like take a chance on myself and, and I they have an opportunity and this is where I want to be. And, um, you know, chose, chose to go there. There we go. So did you ever try to get like a, like a dual deal where you'd play lacrosse and football at one of those schools? I think I actually talked to the Duke football staff. I like, I remember emailing them about it, talking to my Duke coaches and they weren't opposed to it. Um, but like Brendan Fowler had just been doing it and there might've been one or two guys before, like there was this guy, Braxton Deaver, who was a big recruit out of Charlotte um, who went to do both and then just stayed with football. He was a much different situation. The guy was six, five and a beast, but, um, <laughs> but I just like, when I really thought about it and I thought about the time commitment and being all into like what I was really there to do. And that was lacrosse. You know, I wanted to, again, like I wanted to enjoy, you know, life outside of athletics, you know, I knew academics was going to be really tough. And I was like, you know what, like when I really sat there and thought about it, I was like, this isn't what I want to do. Like it, it would have been something that like sounded great where you, I could like run around and tell people, yeah, I'm going to do two sports, but but it, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. And it, it, I didn't love it enough to do that. And I, I loved my high school career. And that was, again, when I talked about that shift of like really coming to love lacrosse, I was like, I want to win a national lacrosse championship uh, playing, you know, at Duke. And, and that was it. And, and like, you know, being on the, you know, the scout team for football and just being a practice player, like, wasn't something that I wanted to be spending my time on because I didn't love it that much. Um, yeah. And so I just, again, I, I did explore it, but I just, I just went with lacrosse. Yeah. So graduating Loyola uh, inside lacrosse ranking you as an incoming freshman to Duke at number 10, you know, were you ever nervous uh, being ranked so good that coming into Duke, um, you wouldn't know what to really expect? You know, I, um, I don't know that I, I, I was nervous coming into Duke, not knowing what to expect, but not because of the ranking. You know, the ranking to me was, you know, a culmination of, you know, working, you know, my butt off to get to where I was. And like, but again, like I've always had like a never settle, you know, mentality where I'm continuing to work and build. You know, I didn't get invited to Nike Blue Chip Camp as a sophomore. So yeah. that was like on my list, like not in terms of getting it, but like, like I'm pissed at everyone that got invited that I, I didn't get invited. Yeah. You know, uh, there was like a sophomore watch list, um, you know, shout out to Ty Zanders. I was like fired up, was not on it. Like hadn't like done anything special to, to be listed. So that it was like kind of vendetta after vendetta. And then I think I got ranked as a rising senior maybe. Um, and then, and then obviously going into college. Um, but it was still like, it wasn't like I'm here. It was like, okay, like we recognize that you've been working hard and, and you earned that had a good productive high school career. And now I'm like, all right, like 
I want to be an All-American. You know, I want to be, I want to win a national championship. You know, I want to be a captain. Like, what is next? And that's like, again, back to that kind of goal setting mentality that I had, you know, from my freshman year of high school. Um, so I was never like, I mean, I shouldn't say that I was never worried about like not living up to expectations, but like I've, the, the expectations that I've been worried about not living up to have always been like mostly so placed on myself. Oh, yeah. Now, when you first stepped on campus at Duke, your freshman year, did it feel like home from the start? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, actually, no. Like I, it felt like home in terms of like, I knew I wanted to be there, yeah. but I had a tough, I had a tough freshman year. You know, I, there was definitely times where, you know, I missed my family uh, miss my friends, you know, wanted to, wanted to go home at time. I was certainly homesick. Um, you know, I think what I think is really cool right now as an aside is that like every kid down to like 10 years old or in college and everything between mental health and what, you know, anything else like leadership training and stuff like the words being present are like plastered. Yeah. everywhere like social media like you're probably sick of hearing it like be in the moment be in the moment like but like that wasn't like a common thing like I'm, I'm sure coach Donowski like because I know he said it throughout college but I wasn't hearing that message you know I think in high school I wasn't hearing that message and maybe again maybe it's just the way that it's phrased or the extra emphasis on it but like it was really hard for me to be present and I think that just led to me being like unhappy at times. And so it was bumpy. It, like I had an amazing, amazing group of friends, like amazing senior leadership who like really kept me in it. And like I wanted to play for those guys. I wanted to be tight with those guys. You know, Josh Offit was a huge impact. Um, Billy Connors, Dave Lawson, huge impact on my, uh, you know, career. And, and I wanted to be at Duke. And so I, I think at the end of my freshman year, you know, I was excited to go home. I kind of rushed back home. Um, but I was like, this is the spot. Like, this is where, you know, I believe in what the coaches are saying. I believe in the messages. And so I was really thankful for that. And I was thankful that my parents and, you know, my coaches helped me, like, stick that out. Yeah. So what, did you ever have, like, an aha moment your freshman year where you kind of realized to yourself, like, this isn't high school ball anymore. I got to step it up. Yeah, it was, it was pretty early in fall ball. I mean, it was, it was as simple as like, you know, firing like right-handed passes forward, you know, like it was as simple as like doing one-on-ones where a guy's picking me up like 10 yards outside the box and I'm trying to run by it like a super athletic defensive midi. Like again, Greg DeLuca is like a football and lacrosse guy. And I'm like, okay, I'm barely dodging to my left hand. I can't get anywhere. It's like, it's going to be a long time if I can't dodge and draw a slide. So like, yeah. it was just like a really tough, like a confidence piece. And again, like when I think about, you know, all the coaching that I've done since I've graduated and kind of, you know, built my business and coaching at USC, it's like, I feel like what guys in high school are being given and taught, you know, from myself or a lot of other, you know, great coaches that are training now is like, you're getting the drills and the, the coaching points before you get there. And it's like, you're almost silly to ignore it. Like, and it's like, I didn't like getting out of my feet or like punching my stick to the sideline. Like I never was taught those terms. Like I never had a private lesson until I graduated high school. 
like, and it's just changed so much. And like, so I, I just lacrosse wise, like I kind of had an idea of like stick work and being athletic and dodging, but like, it was, it was a lot of stuff. Yeah. So then at the end of that freshman year, you guys win the national championship. What was that moment like for you? It was like, if you took the moment the year prior where we got killed 17 to three from Calvert Hall and then like thinking about guys that we lost to and, and thinking about like that feeling compared to winning the national championship was like a dream since ever watching. Like I went, all the final fours were basically in Baltimore. Like, you know, I went to, you know, 2007, I got Kevin Huntley, Calvert Hall, you know, guys that got his arm pads after they, they won in the final four. Um, you know, it was like the best feeling, you know, winning that and being like, we're at the top. And it was, it was just like everything that was tough, like paid off. And it was just really, really exciting to, uh, to be a part of that. And again, just being a freshman, like, you know, not being a, a major, major impact played second line, but like, the seniors like really led the way and like juniors and like they dominated, you know, and uh, it was just really, really cool. That culmination, that feeling was amazing. Yeah. So then sophomore year, you do it again and win at M&T Bank Stadium. But what, what was kind of the mentality after winning freshman year going into sophomore year? Yeah. So, you know, like I had mentioned, like, you know, kind of my personality and, and also just, um, you know, not being happy and settling, you know, I was frustrated a lot my freshman year because, you know, Miles and I were middies five and six, you know, when the games got tight, when they got down the stretch, it was three senior All-Americans and, you know, Christian Walsh, who was returning ACC tournament MVP, mm -hmm. you know, and like those were the four guys that like our coaches rode through like the big moments and they, they delivered. But I was like, I was pissed because I just, I wanted to be that guy. And it didn't take away from, I, I think me being like a good teammate, but I, I know my attitude could have been better at times, but it was, it was just more of a wanting to be great mindset. And then, you know, I stayed at school for like a week right after we won the championship. And then right when I got back, I was back to work, you know, and that summer was like my, I put in so much work with coach case and, you know, Brownie and I would shoot a lot together yeah. and we train in Jay Dyers. And like, it was just like, this is what I want to do. And I didn't have internships yet. I didn't have things taken away from my priorities. And I was focused on coming back and not just starting, but, you know, being a legit threat. And then I remember, you know, my fresh or my sophomore fall or like going into the season, it was inside lacrosse's top 10 midfield units, you know, we were nowhere to be found on the top 10. Really? And I was like, boom, immediate poster board. Like Miles and I like still sometimes share the article back and forth. Like, remember this? And like, it was like, we just had a, had a target out there for like everyone that we played against. And, you know, as it started to get rolling, it was like, you know, we're, we're here to like really prove that like, you know, we're a legit threat and we're, we're a part of this, um, you know, Duke offense, you know, in addition to our already, you know, awesome attack. 
Yeah. So, so what, what championship would you say means more to you? Would you say your freshman year does because it was your first, or would you say it's your sophomore year because you had a lot more involvement? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the freshman year one, you know, means so much because it, it showed me the way it was, you know, this amazing experience where I learned so much. And I know that the sophomore year one wouldn't have been what it was without the first, um, and, and watching those older guys like take the reins and dominate and be confident. Like it was, it was incredible. And then the sophomore year one, you know, meant so much because, you know, I was starting, you know, I was playing a, you know, big, bigger impact on the field. Um, I, uh, what else, you know, had a all American season. Like it was, it was like what I had, put so much time in working towards was like coming to fruition and it was just like so exciting that I just never wanted it to end and then to win in Baltimore was like the icing on the cake you know like playing at M&T Bank um, you know we had a big win against Denver you know we beat Notre Dame and then I remember same thing like I gave my arm pads um, to coach Case's son actually who I found in the stands and I was just like, it was like started to come full circle a bit. Um, cool. And that feeling was just incredible as well. So, you know, all my family and friends being there after and like being in Baltimore where I grew up playing and competing and it was, it was really special. So I, I mean, that one might be a little more, you know, personal focus, but you know, both meant a lot for different reasons. Yeah. So then you set the record for goals in a season with 50 in 2016 only one by a Duke lacrosse player, one of six in NCAA history. Now, is that something you kind of always wanted to do with set records? Um, honestly, I, I didn't have a lot of focus on, on records. Like I didn't really know that that was even a record. Um, you know, obviously I think the point record is one that's always like easy to, um, easy to think about, yeah. um, which wasn't in the cards, but um, you know, I think for me, Probably, again, like, especially as a, as a midfielder, I think the, the point production can really, like, vary based on the offense. Um, so it, it, I think at times, like, if you looked at, like, our midfield's production compared to, like, you know, the couple years prior in terms of midfielders on other great teams or other All-Americans, like, it was, it was a little bit of an increase. And I think we just we – got, we got to be very midfield-focused, you know, after Jordan graduated a little bit, but also just kind of, you know, just with the way our offense was, you know, anyone had the opportunity, you know, like if you were beating your guy or drawing slides or, you know, if you were in the right spot off ball and you could step in and shoot, like, you know, guys were going to be set up for plays. And so, you know, for me, it was just having that mindset of like, I just wanted to score as much as possible. You know, I wanted to put points on the board and I wanted more. And like, I just think that mentality was always important. Like I had a couple of games of like, you know, two or three goal games and it was like, shit, like that's not good enough. Like I could have had four, I could have had five, like, you know, even the game where I had six, I'm like, man, that should have been eight. Like, and I think like, that's kind of how I've been wired for better or worse. And I think I, over the years I've improved in that in terms of just being more okay with like, you know, not beating myself up so much about some of that stuff. Uh, but that was, you know, not, not as much records, but just like wanting more, wanting to kind of keep going and ever being sad. Kind of like, 
Yeah, exactly. And I, it just kind of naturally happened that way. So four-time ACC academic honor roll. Is school something your parents always harped on? Yeah, they did. Um, you know, it wasn't something that they, they had to, like, you know, beat over my head about. You know, I, I think, you know, me wanting to achieve, you know, kind of, you know, I, I have a hard time, like, just not turning something in or, like, you know, knowing the feeling of, like, you know, totally not putting in effort and like getting a bad grade. Like I, I wanted to do well. Um, and I also realized that um, if I just took care of business in high school, you know, it will lead to better opportunities in college. And if I just took care of business and controlled what I can control in college, mm -hmm. it will lead to good opportunities after. And I think like, again, like, you know, half the battle is just doing the work and like showing up to class and being engaged and you know, not that every class I attended, I was, you know, raising my hand every time or anything like that. But, um, but you can't, you can't just coast and, and expect to, to give yourself, you know, opportunities after that. And so, um, you know, it did become a thing where it was, it was another thing that I was proud of, because I put in the work and like, I, I was showing that I could do it off the field as well as on the field. You know, I think like, there's always talk about, you know, people wanting to be more than, you know, an athlete more than a lacrosse player. And I think that's something to me that I've always prided myself on is you know, trying to be thoughtful and, you know, be smart and, you know, think about business or, you know, different things like that. And, and so, you know, getting, getting those, you know, recognitions was, was nice. And I know my family really appreciated it, um, you know, at a school like Duke. And then also, um, you know, I think my senior year, I was, you know, men's scholar athlete of the year. And so like, that was a cool, Again, a thing I never thought of, like just, but it, but it kind of, you know, how I performed, you know, what that to happen. So it was certainly exciting and feel good about it. Yeah. So then you graduate Duke and you get drafted in the MLL draft, 10th overall to the Atlanta Blaze. You know, did the MLL kind of have that professional feeling? Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I think, um, I think through my college career, a lot of our views on pro lacrosse um, changed. You know, I think, it was always something that was viewed as, you know, you know, maybe you do it a couple of games and then you, you just go get a real job. And, you know, I think that I really felt that shift, like my senior year, like I thought it was really exciting being drafted. And then, um, you know, it, it didn't like right away, like the path or the blueprint to like being a pro cross player, I think was a little more uncertain, mm -hmm. you know, and there weren't as many guys doing like their own trainings or running their own training businesses. I think like, the face off Academy was, was doing that, you know, for years before and, you know, a lot of guys doing different camps and stuff. Um, so I still had my job in New York, um, you know, that I was working in finance. Uh, and then after that year, I was like, you know what, like, I want to commit to this full time. And, and also I wasn't happy with how I played uh, my second MLL season. And then, you know, I quit my job, you know, did training full time. And then my third MLL season with the Blaze, I really bounced back from my first two years and like kind of proved to myself that like I could play at this level when I was kind of uncertain about it for my first two. Yeah. So what, what would you say is the difference between the MLL and the PLL? Um, I mean, I think like, I think the biggest thing is just, 
you know, it's, it's a lot of increased exposure, you know, through, you know, through TV and, and putting the game on a platform that hasn't been before. And I just think it's really exciting because, you know, I've just had so many people who are maybe former players or so many people who are, you know, parents of maybe kids I train or different things. And and they're asking about my team, you know, they're asking about the draft or, they're, hey, I caught your game on NBC when I was in a bar last week or I was at a restaurant. And, that's and I'm like, that's really cool. You know, like, again, like, you know, one of the reasons that, like, growing up playing it in the Final Four was so big is because those were the main three games that were on ESPN. Yeah. And, like, being on ESPN or, you know, ESPN2 or whatever uh, for the championship in college was, like, that was unbelievable. And obviously, like, TV deals and – Big Ten Network and stuff have, you know, really stepped up to have more streams and, and more live games. Uh, but then, like, you know, my second game of the summer last year for Chaos, you know, was on NBC. And, like, it's a Sunday afternoon. And, like, I'm like, that is, that's really, really cool. And so, like, I think that's been the biggest difference. And, um, you know, they've taken great care of us and, uh, and, and really kind of you know, giving us another platform to kind of build off of and, uh, you know, build as individuals and, and grow the sport. Yeah. So like you talked about earlier, you and Miles' relationship with that five and six spot at Duke, you know, what would you say yours and Miles' relationship is off the field? Yeah, it's it's been one, I think, for us that's, you know, been one of the great parts about continuing to play for me is that you know, I mean, man, our freshman year was fall of 2012. And, you know, now we're coming up on fall of 2020. And so, you know, in eight years with like one or two visits prior, you know, to kind of see our relationship build and, you know, again, go through different experiences from, you know, trying to work into those, you know, starting spots, you know, winning a couple titles, you know, losing in the first round, our last two years of, of college, and then, we both got drafted to Atlanta together. Um, you know, Miles got traded and then, you know, Miles had a great, um, a great response to that in Chesapeake. And like, I think it's just been really cool for both of us to, you know, see our, you know, different paths kind of, kind of go and, and but like still building towards, um, you know, our goals in the sport. Uh, but also like now as we get older, like our, our life paths, you know, like how are our, relationships you know how are our families you know different things like that I think is uh you know he he's living down in Atlanta you know he's um you know he's got a house down there and and so you know I'm out in California and so it's just been really cool you know off the field to like have fun you know we always have we have a lot of like inside jokes that we just like kind of are always on the same page about whether it's like you know music or dancing or my lack of and like just different stuff. And it's like, it's been really cool to stay in touch through the sport because I think a lot of people would agree that when you graduate, um, you know, it's hard to stay in touch with, uh, with different people. And I think this has been cool that we've been able to really bond and hang out every summer and maybe do a camp or two together and, and, and see each other. Yeah, that's really cool to hear. So, so coaching with the USC women's team now is, is coaching something you've always kind of been into? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I was in college, I would do some lessons in some camps and like, you know, I'm a more analytical person. So I've always enjoyed like learning the details, asking questions, you know, learning about my mechanics. 
And then as I've gotten more, you know, confident in speaking and, and also lacrosse being something that I feel like I know better, you know, I feel better speaking to it. And so it's been exciting for me to just start, you know, doing camps and clinics. I'm like, Hey, I like this. Like, I really like teaching. I like the, you know, someone asked me last night, you know, what's your favorite part of coaching? And I think my favorite part of coaching is the feeling and like, you know, the feeling that a player gets um, that like you've been working with them on something and they hadn't been able to do it from the start or they struggled with it. And then to see that player's reaction to like something clicking or getting better at or kind of feeling their hard work pay off is my favorite part of coaching because to be able to have, you know, big or small impact, but like if that, you know, if that player feels like I was able to make a difference in them kind of working towards their goal, like that's the coolest thing for me. And I've been so, so lucky because, you know, I've had amazing coaches down all the way to seven years old. You know, I really would be hard pressed, you know, to find a coach that I've had that I really was like, you know, didn't, didn't learn from or, or do, do much for me. And so I just feel very blessed. And so now I'm, you know, in a position to where, you know, there's a lot of debates about growing the game and this and that and what that means. But, you know, to me, you know, just being able to, you know, be in a position to, to impact and guide younger players, men or women is, is exciting. Yeah. So is the end goal for you to stay in the women's side or do you eventually want to coach men's lacrosse? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think, um, you know, for me, you know, I haven't, um, I haven't really been, you know, too hard and fast about one versus the other. You know, I really, you know, have like taken the mindset of, you know, loving both sports for what they are, uh, but also really being excited about, you know, bringing the two together, you know, and I think like, you know, I'm just of the opinion that, lacrosse is a great game and it's a universal game and I think of it like basketball and I just think that you know our community can kind of keep coming together you know to a point where younger boys players you know are learning from you know top women's players you know or, or are learning from their peers you know you know other girls who are playing at a high level you know and I think like while there are differences in the games you know to me it's I'm in a position where, you know, I have three younger sisters and I've watched them, you know, in their careers and, and their friends and stuff. And, you know, I want to kind of keep being a driving force as, as my goal to, to unifying the games and the sports and, and the, uh, and just that constant, you know, love for lacrosse. And so, um, you know, where I see my, you know, end end goal um, is whether it's, through head coaching or men's versus women's, I always see myself being a, a trainer, you know, on the side. And I see, you know, my end goal is to be, you know, considered as, you know, the best trainer of both men's and women's players in the world. And like, that's, you know, I've said that to myself the last couple of years, you know, I see that in other sports and like, that's how I want to be regarded. Um, and, and so, you know, coaching, training, you know to me it it all flows together um and like that that to me like someone who's training someone from seven or eight years old and beginners you know all the way through the pros you know and whether 
whether that's five years from now or whether that's even now, like some of my peers that, that I'm playing with or, you know, other, other women's pros, like helping them, like that's, that's my goal within the sport for sure. That's pretty sick to hear. I mean, you know, you, you kind of setting your goals to a high standard of trying to be the best ever trainer ever. Well, let's transfer now to the PLL. Like I said earlier, the championship series, July 25th to the 9th. Now, what's your mentality going into the championship series or the regular PLL series? So, you know, I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest things is that there's going to be less time to adjust and adapt. And I think like just going in right away and just coming out firing, you know, right in training camp and getting your feet underneath you, you know, it's certainly hard because it's harder to, you know, simulate like full speed, um, full speed dodging, you know, six on six sets, getting your, your flow down. Um, and so just coming in right away, it's just a, you know, winner go home mentality and yeah. you're just, you're in that tournament and you, you got to show up and how you do in the first couple of games affects your seating and your, and your impact. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's higher stakes and, you know, you don't have a week in between games to readjust, get more shots up and prepare. And so it's just about getting in as much work as we can now preparing and, and then preparing your mindset. Cause I think the mindset piece is, is going to be one of the biggest um, in, in terms of being able to, uh, to go in there and come in confident and keep that going through a, you know, a two week stretch. Yeah. And playing so many games. Well, now we're at our last segment here called Quick Talk on Pelk Talk. I'm going to give you a quick phrase and you're going to give me a quick answer. You ready? I need a teacher for that. A little quick talk. <laughs> All right. Ready? Favorite food? Uh, barbecue ribs. PLL's cockiest player. Wow. Nick Ocello. PLL's biggest hack. Oof. Callum Robinson. PLL's biggest chirper. Jake Bernhardt. PLL's biggest trash talker. Joe Walters talks some trash. If not Duke, then. Wow. You, can I say USC or you need me to say a men's school? Men's school. Wow, tough one, huh? Uh, I would say, uh, if not Duke, then Princeton. Most swag I can uh, Jake for Carl. Favorite teammate of all time? Josh Offit. One thing you miss most about Duke, not lacrosse related? I just miss the area. Like the, the area is an awesome place to be and the weather is awesome. Last question, where do you see yourself in five years? On the Western side of the country. And that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I have, I really have no idea. It's been hard for me to come up with five or 10 year plans. I'm just continuing to, to build, build what we're doing with FCL and, and uh, you know, continuing to grow as a coach and a player. So five years from now, I, I really see myself doing all three of those still just um, you know, it's hard to always say, uh, say where. Sweet. I love that. Redeemer, I really appreciate you coming on Pelk Talk. Well, you know, where can the fans find you at? So you can follow my personal Twitter and Instagram at 22classy. And then if you guys want to follow at First Class Lacrosse uh, for drills, film breakdowns, um, and our online platform, you can do at First Class Lacrosse on Instagram and at First Class Lax on Twitter. First Class Lax, 1ST. Uh, classlax.com is our website there we go and all that stuff will be in the description below with deemer really nice interview really nice conversation uh, and i really appreciate it so thank you dude wishing you the best man uh keep up the good work it's fun uh fun following you really appreciate you having me on and uh hope to see you this summer yeah for sure we'll, we'll talk soon sounds good man i'll catch you